Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. One of the things that people are always going to need is funeral parlors. Welcome to Pint of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast, where much like Garth Crooks, we can't wait to make it to over two decades of unpopular football opinions and inaccurate predictions. I am joined by a man who recently tipped his own club to get relegated. It's Andy Baxter. Pretty unpopular, and it's also looking very um, inaccurate all of a sudden, isn't it? They sort of got the rack together. And I am yet another one of Stoke-on-Trent's finest use prospects gone to waste, Daz Napton. Was your Garth Crooks intro because he's left the BBC? Well, apparently, yeah, he, he's going to be leaving. Because ah, I watched Football Focus for the first time in, I can remember, and there was a big, th- not Football Focus, um, final score. Yeah, that's it. And they said about, um, they said about him going because I was keeping an eye on the Rovers reaction as all the goals were going in and stuff and it was uh yeah yeah i mean i i can definitely remember as a very 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 young teenager if not before that switching final score on on the really tiny probably smaller than a laptop tv that we had in our kitchen the final score on a saturday usually when i was having my dinner didn't really fully comprehend and understand the wider football universe at that time it was basically just listening to the guy who did the finals, the actual final score. You know, the guy with the voice. Oh yeah, that guy. You wouldn't be able to pick him up out of a crowd, but you know, you know his voice. And I guess that was also the same era as the teletext era, um, which I obviously moved on to as I got my own TV in my own bedroom. And anyone who thinks that teenage boys, when they get their own TV, get up to all sorts of mischief on that TV. Really, the majority of us, I'm sure, were just teletexting the League 2 slash Division 3 results, as it was called back then. And playing bamboozle. <laughs> yeah, 
There was some weird stuff out there, wasn't there? Do you remember when Sky first became popular and they had like TV games you could play on Sky and they were really bad for the TV remote? Well, they bad for the, I suppose they were bad for the TV remote. I hadn't really considered the effect on the remote. But um, yeah, I do remember that. Our, when I lived in my parents, still, um, our cat used to go and stand in the way of the, the skybox. So you just if you're trying to play a game, the cat would just get in the way and you couldn't do it. So like this, trying to aim around the cat. I just think there must have been better things for us to do than play a red button game on Sky TV. <laughs> they weren't even good games. Like we had access to Xbox and PlayStation by this point. Why were we going back to these dreadful games? I can't even I couldn't honestly remember any of them now. I remember one only because there was a bit of a thing about it coming back to Sky and it was called Beehive, something or other. And it was just your classic sort of, you match the colours of the balls up there with your, you shoot a ball at it to make it, uh, and it, it did all pop and fall down and stuff like that. It was that game, but it was about bees, I think. Or it was in, I don't know, you see, this is how good it was, obviously. All I ever remember about it was my dad being annoyed when he was trying to put stuff on TV. He'd go into the living room. <laughs> I was there taking up the best TV in the house, playing this dreadful game. Useless good times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of good times, we've got some good times here because we're recording a Daz versus Tom versus Baxter special. Over a year since we had the original Tom versus Daz, hysterically named 11 competition, we're now getting our competitive streak back on. And it's going to be for the three of us in. 10 questions plus a bonus to create the perfect non-league football club. It's a huge task. And as I was just saying before we started, you could, well, I'm sure some people have, some people who've actually done this, you could research the perfect non-league football club for decades and it would change. It would change dynamic. It would change philosophy and I don't think you'd get the right answer with no end of research. So with that in mind, we're going to throw Baxter in at the deep end. There will be no asterisks to say that he's going first. There will be no excuses if he loses. But the pressure ultimately is on because the answers he gives and the debates it sparks will then lead me next week to come up with a counter club. And then Tom... Not only is he on holiday and missing this, he has a further two weeks to prepare. And if you and I know Tom as well as the listeners, we know that he'll be spending all of his days, weeks, and hours. Pre- no, he won't. He won't. He'll, he'll, he'll decide he'll forget on about it until. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll decide on the day, and it'll just be some rebel Bristol Rovers fan group club. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll be interested to see what he does, and I'll be interested to see what I can dig out as well. But in the meantime, we're here for Baxter's. And before we start, (laughs) I want to know your uh, overview of how you decided. Did you you try to create... I mean, I guess we'll find this out as I ask the questions. Did you try and create a club that's going to be the perfect non-league club in terms of it sits in the heart of non-league for decades to come, or 
have you gone for the classic football manager dream of one day this club will make the Champions League? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Which is the, the ultimate aim? Is the aim to become bigger and stronger and progress through the pyramid? Or is the aim to just enjoy being your little math club in the heart of the community and serve the people of your local town and, and, and you know, just enjoy your existence? And that's, that's a sort of bigger question about life, isn't it? What do you want to do? Do you want to just be happy or do you want to constantly strive for more? And, um, you know, when, when I read the questions, I, I did try and keep it relatively sensible and sort of with, it, with, it, with an ounce of, of plan to it all and sort of synergy behind all the, the, the different parts. But then I sort of lost control of it and it went a bit mad, as it was probably always destined to do. <laughs> At this point, we say lost control. I kind of expect at some point you're going to do a screen share of a PowerPoint where you've designed the kits, the stadium, <laughs> the mascot, the whole lot. No, wow. If I have more time, then, then possibly. But yeah, we. Um, I just had to spend a lot of a lot of my research time looking at nice old grounds and stuff, and then I sort of got a bit distracted by just looking at various different grounds and states of repair and upgrade much oh. like Macclesfield when we went I when we went I enjoyed looking at that um little temporary enclosure to our right where there was like a bar bit and like a food bit but apart from that it was just like a wall and people were just stood by it enjoying yeah it. well yeah that's it that, that's exactly I guess what we're looking for and thankfully albeit not probably as much as me and Tom you have had some chance in the last few years to get out to a few of these grounds so you know, you might have a slight disadvantage on that respect, but also you might not because 95% of the grounds me and Tom have been to are just a rubbish field with a shed. Hmm. And you, they probably wouldn't be your picks for it. Um, not that you didn't enjoy them or anything, but, you know, they probably wouldn't be, if you were to just design it from scratch, you probably wouldn't go with a lot of them. Um, but... Yeah, that 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 is. You are right. It, it, I've been to a lot fewer non-league proper grounds than you two have, but you know, I like to think I've been to a few and I understand it, or I'm certainly getting to. So we'll see. Anyway, we'll see. And with that, let's crack on, Baxter. It is time for you to create the perfect non-league football club. Question number one. What will be the location of your club? So, I know question one shouldn't have an asterisk by it straight away, but it's go it's going to because I try to make this relatively sensible and serious for now, and, and think of a, a a place where I had some kind of connection to it, so I could sort of you know try and create it that way. And the place I don't know if you've been to or heard of the most southerly place in the UK which is a place called Lizard. And I happen to think Lizard is a lovely name for a town. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's a, that, that's my answer, basically. Joe and I went on a little holiday there just before our daughter was born. And it's, you know, it was a nice place and it was kind of a, um, you know, a place that means something to me. So that's why I wanted to pick there. However, the question was, where is the location of it? And I don't want it to be in Lizard because Lizard itself is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our listeners in Lizard if there are any. 
but um yeah you'll probably back me up that it is not a very good place it's a bit dull um and also there is another small non-league club just up the road a place called Port Laven. oh i love that you um, thought of that that was good that's that's the thing i was thinking where is there not access to it already but also is big enough to have a fan base yeah but so because I, I, I couldn't remember much about Port Laven apart from when we went there, I had read a little bit about it. So I've been on the Port Laven AFC website and they their sort of top story on it is them um refusing to join the Southwest Peninsula League because of a lot of the travel issues like we've seen in the Hellenic League sides and the and the, the Western League sides, uh, you know, they and all that with Canesham not not so long ago. Was it Canesham? Sort of going, going to Mouse Hole or whatever it's called, Mouse Hole. Yeah, Ma- yeah, Mouse Is it Mouse or I can't remember. That doesn't really matter. But it's not Mouse Hole, which is the way it's spelled, unfortunately. But there you go. Hmm. So anyway, so th- th- I thought I don't want to head on Port Laven, and I don't also want to be based in Lizard because it's a bit awkward to get to, and it's um, and it's, it's a bit of a rubbish place. So what I did was I looked at the map of where all the um, different step five leagues are, and that was a flipping minefield in itself because that's weird. But I looked at how it is now, and um, some of them seem to have got off easier than a lot of others. Like, for example, the Northern Counties East League seems enormous, it seems to go down almost as far as Manchester, but as far up as almost Scotland, like the sort of northeast teams. It seems vast, and then there's the Western League, which is massive, as you as you know. Anyway, so part of the reason why we went to Lizard and it being the most southerly place in the UK was because it was by the sea and it was you know we like the, the water and stuff like that. So my solution is to just move them along one and have them in the Wessex League, so they can play such lovely places as um, as on the Isle of the Isle of Wight. You can play people like um, cows and Wimborne and all places like that, Winchester, Eastleigh, all you know, they can go all around there and it'll be lovely. You know, imagine going to an away game on a boat. How lovely would that be? That's my answer. Oh. In Lizard, but they're not in Lizard. You've clearly thought about it long and hard enough that a lot of the things I was going to nitpick about, you've, you've probably already answered. So I'm not going to nitpick too much. However, I do feel that on Tom's behalf, I would probably point out his classic argument, which was about, I think it's Truro who are looking to become the first professional football club in Cornwall. Um, And despite the fact they're currently the best team in Cornwall anyway, which is such a massive region, Tom is 1,000% sure that if they build a proper stadium, still nobody will turn up because football's not popular in that region. Saying that, how did they know building a a bigger league team for Milton Keynes was going to work? In that case, you know, not that we like how that came about and stuff, but they got a big ground and they get a decent amount of fans. Um, you know, how, pop, how popular or not they are amongst other in the football community is a different story. But, you know, the fact that they, that it's still as a business and as a, you know, club is doing enough. It's doing, they're not like on their up, is are they? Yeah. We'll clarify at this point, Baxter is not claiming to be creating the, Cornish MK Dons because that sounds <laughs> that sounds like the worst <laughs> worst possible team you can make. 
it does sound bad, doesn't it? I do wonder though, who do people in in Cornwall follow? I mean, there must be some people who like football there, and if they're not going to Truro or Moosel, Mousel, wherever, you know, where are they going? Horsleven, Lizard, who knows? Who knows? Indeed, that's not for this pod to answer that. So you've already answered, I think, question two, which is which of the step five non-league leagues are you looking to plonk your team into? Yeah. The Wessex League's all the way. It's the best league. Good. Good stuff. Third, which is a real big one. What are you calling your club? (sighs) Well, this was difficult as well because do we call them lizards? because they are from Lizard, even though they don't play in Lizard. And then I sort of tied myself in knots a little bit because I just liked the word Lizard and it, it amused me how, how it sounded. And then I looked at the sort of, if you'll allow me on a tangent a second, to look um, over the pond at our American cousins and the way they treat their teams, um, not football, but their version of football, American football. Um, and the case of the what were the Oakland Raiders, who were the Oakland Raiders from 1960 to 1981, and then became the Los Angeles Raiders until 1994, and then went back to being the Oakland Raiders. And then in 2020, and they still are now, they're now the Las Vegas Raiders. So I know it's horrible, isn't it? Because I don't know my geography in America that well, but I don't think Oakland... Los Angeles and Las Vegas are that close to each other. So there's probably a bit of shedding of the fans when you do that kind of thing. Bit of franchising, more about the name rather than the club, maybe? Well, they've kept the same brand and and everything and and, and the same mascot who is amusingly named and it's gone from my screen. Raider Russia, which I quite like. It's a nice name. (laughs) So to answer the question... I think we're just going to go with lizards just to avoid any ambiguity. And if we move again because of, you know, pissing off people in Wessex, then we can just remain lizards and that's that. You see... Maybe the lizard lizards. That is quite crazy in some ways because when I have been out and about in Staffordshire, you know, um, V-Fest, which used to be obviously a huge music festival. now. V-Fest used to be in two places. It was in Chelmsford in Essex, but it was also in Stafford. It's not really in Stafford. The place it's actually in is a place called Weston. And Weston is quite a nice place in the middle of nowhere, where in theory, you know, the fact they can host a huge music festival, in theory, you could probably host quite a decent football club. And it's quite near quite a lot of towns. And, and But weirdly... The full name of Weston is Weston under Lizard. Oh, interesting. So I could well, if I'd have gone first, I could have ended up picking a team called the Western Lizards or something along those lines. Well, isn't that weird? It may well, if we do go ahead and eventually get enough money to 
make our own non-league teams, which is obviously the ultimate point of this podcast, so that we can mm. become rich enough to make our own non-league football clubs. I think <laughs> the dream is to become rich enough that we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> well, no, we'd still do it, but it'd just be aimed at our respective weird non-league clubs with even less context that we give them now. But we may have ended up with the Lizard Derby. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we've got the place, we've got the league, we've got the team. It's all starting to come together in the Wessex League with this new powerhouse. So the next question is, what will be the colours of your home strip? The temptation would be to lean into the word lizard, wouldn't it? And to make them green. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I think they can play they can play in all green, but maybe not like a Plymouth green because they don't want to be taking that kind of, you know, I don't, they're the sort of greens down there, aren't they? So maybe if we play with green and black, I'll do. I'll be all right. I haven't really put much thought into the colours and why, but, you know, that's we'll go with that. Going with green and black? Yeah. Well, I hate to tell you at this juncture, you will probably be chucked out of the league. Ah, disappointing. And that is because, certainly at that level, most leagues do not permit black in their kits because it mixes with the uh, the referee's kit. I didn't know that. Is that true? It certainly was in the Northwest Counties League because obviously when I was uh, doing secretary for Stone Dominoes, we played in red and black. Mm. And because it was just the shorts, we got away with it. But there was one team, I can't remember who it was, it was one of the sort of more well-established Northwest Counties teams, decided to have their away kit as what they called navy blue, but it was pretty much black and it was banned. So you could probably get away with like black trim or accenting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but well, maybe I might have to go back to the designers about that one then. Yeah, I guess you haven't gone to print yet. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's another big another asterisk for that one, as well as the location and the (laughs) NFL franchise model. Yeah, We'll, we'll call that one strike one on your. Uh, points deduction list. Oh, Tom will go mad, won't he, when he hears this? <laughs> yeah, Tom will be starting you on minus 15 points before you've even begun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fair enough. But to be fair, I always 
when I've designed kits on Football Manager and FIFA, I always enjoy having a nice, bold colour mixed with black, whether it's, yeah, something like purple and black I've always enjoyed over the years. Quite a dark, mm. but also quite nice colour mixed with black always does it is always a good choice for me. But yeah, we'll, we'll forgive that for now and we'll move on to description of home ground, which if it's easier, I was going to say this, if it's easier, you can just compare it in like to another ground you've been to. If you if you don't want to go into full detail of the colour of every scene. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough. And also, I don't know if the challenge is to build a sort of you know complete sort of glorious um, state-of-the-art facility because that wouldn't be really fitting with step five of non-league football and lizard team who are just you know sort of bumbling along seeing what happens so i've got some ideas which, you, which would hopefully sort of manifest itself into a nice ground and we'll sort of go from there yeah I like that. So, You've got a bit of land at the back in case you need to build bigger stands. Certainly. Um, so, if you'll indulge me a second, that ground in, is it in Germany, you see pops up on these sort of land, land bands pages every now and then, and it's got a little train that runs around it, and it can, it'll bring you things. Yeah, yeah. So, imagine that. But sea-based. Oh, God, has it got a ferry port? A ferry port? It might have some kind of... It's it's very... It's it's water adjacent is the sort of theme of this club, you see. And so I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be below sea level cause so the boat can come near it. Because I, 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 did, I did think about this. Cause I thought if it was too high, the boat would, would be too far away. So maybe it has to be lower. You might have to, We might have to build down when we do this. This also may be inspired by the fact that I recently went to Chester Zoo and there's a bit where you can see under the water in the penguin enclosure. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still thinking about that. But I also think, because footballs famously float, if they did lose any balls over the side of the ends, it would be fine because they'd just float and they could just get them. Someone would have a boat, I suppose, a little, little um, thingy. Well... You definitely wouldn't be the first football club to have its ground below sea level because Canvey Island Football Club, their ground is actually below sea level. When I visited there a few years ago, there's like a, a almost like a measure your height sign, which is where sea level is. And you obviously stand underneath it and get a souvenir photo to say that you're below sea level. The downside with that is in the 60s, the ground got decimated by quite a big wave, <laughs> which yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much money you were planning on spending on um, fortresses or <laughs> sea protection, flood defences in gen in general. Yeah, I can't put too much up because it would it would affect the uh, the the boat, our little ferry that goes around, wouldn't it? So we can't have too much. We might just have to take the risk. I don't know. Hmm. Well, one good thing, which would be a publicity stunt you could definitely do. Do you remember when we went to Mac and at the start of the game they had that little remote control car deliver the ball? <laughs> of course I do. It was amazing. Perhaps you could do something similar, but get the mascot on a speedboat delivering the ball from the sea. 
Yeah, now we're talking. So I think the, the danger of flooding is probably counteracted by the money made through publicity from lizard man entering from the beach with the ball well, off a speed bike. Money making isn't isn't an issue, which we'll get to in due course. So don't worry about money making. Oh um, god. Started his own ice cream know, brand. We, <laughs> we've got the rest of it's just gonna be fairly typical step five. Lots of nice terracing, um, which you, you can sort of stand out. And I, I don't know how you can make it nice and sunny, but down there in Wessex it's probably gonna be lovely anyway. So you might, you know, you don't want it to be too covered and shady, but also you do need an element of that to people who don't particularly want to have to their arms up to sort of look against the sun the whole game they've still got somewhere to be as well and I don't know if step five you need is it 60 or 100 seats or maybe I don't know if they have to be together there's 60 or 100 seats so maybe they could be sort of scattered around the ground sort of willy-nilly you play sort of like musical chairs and just like get the odd one here and there half of them on the beach overlooking (laughs) now we're talking I don't know how close they have to be to the to the back cup. I didn't consider that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or maybe just in a big column. So you're just, just going higher and higher. No, that might be all getting down. Well, good to know this club's going to be bankrupt within two months. <laughs> the big tower of seats. Oh, well, so far so good. I am on board at least to come and visit here for a ground hop. But let's move on to the next one. We have got the oh club colours and description of kits. That's quite a similar question, actually, isn't it? It kind of, it kind of bleeds into into one question. You're right. So because we leaned into the the, the lizard brand with the colours, maybe we could go down a similar route with the kit itself. Who was that sort of novelty non-league club? Was it Windsor who? kept coming up with stupid kits and there's one with like a fry up on it and one with like <laughs> corn on the cob on it and stuff like that. Oh, I can't not... remember. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but they had like heck sausages as the sponsor. Mm. I, I apologise to, to the good people of Windsor FC if, if it wasn't them. So maybe we could sort of get a tie-in with, with the aquarium. I think we could, we could have a scaly kit, maybe Ooh. with a tail, maybe not. But, you know, that would sort of go full lizard and we we get on these lab banter oi oi pages for being lizardy. Well, you you've gone full promotional and full commercial so far, which I am enjoying. The sky is truly the limit here. Um, without further ado, then you've got your lizard kit with tail, possibly if it if it's allowed in the Wessex League. <laughs> Was it? Which African club was it who wanted to wear vests one World Cup and they weren't allowed to? Oh, was it Cameroon? Cameroon. Yeah. yeah. Samuel Eto'o. Just... Yeah, classic images ah, yeah, of him. Yeah, I think it was bad. in like a friendly where they wore them. And I just assumed it was training top. But no, that was apparently going to be their kit, wasn't it? They wanted to, but they said they couldn't. So what they did, if you remember, they just put the, they just put the sleeves on. The sleeves were like black. So against the sort of some of the players you couldn't really see unless you properly looked that they, they, they had these uh these sleeves and it was just you you know you just see the colorful parts of the uh, the, the, jet, the chest but yeah it's quite an but, interesting uh, idea announce who is going to be the main shirt sponsor for your lizard kit 
there can be only one choice, and it is Shifty Lizard Brewery. Oh, Shifty Lizard Brewery, who are based in Willunga, South Australia. Oh, what? So, why, why would I they know. be sponsoring you? Purely promotion, you know, like when you see towns twin uh, with other towns. Yeah, I, you know, I was I struggled a little bit with that one to be honest. Um, I mean, it is a great it, brewery. It, that is a great name for a brewery, and it is perfect. If they were definitely, if they were based in Cornwall, I would have said you picked the perfect one there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there was there's the only other sort of lizard brands that were from the UK were all just clothing mainly. So I thought, well, I'm not, yeah. not too keen on that. But then thinking they we could serve shifty lizard beers serve their ipas and stuff in our, in our bar i thought that might kind of work and you know they might want to come over to wessex you could <laughs> you, might yeah, not. you could have a yeah an australian fan base as well you know like how some clubs i think when me and tom were at bristol manor farm there was a dutch utrecht fans club who also supported bristol manor farm for some reason weird so I guess you on wonder that... how these things come about, don't you? <laughs> yeah, but I guess on that logic, you probably could make a suitable, sustainable argument that there would be a Australian beer tour <laughs> to Wessex in England, where they serve their own lizard beers. Let's move on then. Question number eight. We're almost there now. You've almost created this perfect club. Description of the clubhouse. Big one. Yes, it is a big one, and it is something I have to give a bit of time to, just because I thought um, about the commercial viability of this place. I thought, you know, most people have have turned their clubhouses into they do like corporate events or things like that because that's a bit of an afterthought. They think, what can we do with the space we've got, rather than the other way around, thinking, what can we have here that can also be attached to our football club. Now, I was trying to think of things that were recession-proof, especially with the cost of living going up so much and, and things like that. And I'm thinking, what isn't there at a football club? Now, you get plenty of places you could hold your corporate events or you could hold, you know, award ceremonies and just boring things like that. But one of the things that people are always going to need is funeral parlours. <laughs> so this is a Lizard FC funeral and creative burial zone i don't know maybe the name needs a bit of work but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that so sticking with our nautical theme as well maybe people might want to be buried at sea maybe people might want to be fired out to sea like in a cannon like in a cartoon maybe they want to be put on an um a viking barge and set a light and pushed out into the sort of into the english channel into the solent um, so yeah, that, that, that's it. Because thirteen days a week, the ground's going to be empty. So we need to do something to keep the the money coming in. And yeah, <laughs> did you did you just say thirteen days a week? The the whole going back to the lizard theme and the and the funeral thing. I think the the motto of that commercial venture, based on the lizard theme, could be. Shed a skin, bury a kin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Nice. Yeah, it, it all ties in. 
And I also then I'm starting to think shed a skin. It kind of sounds like some sort of Aussie slang for having a beer. Yeah, we can make out that it is. The people of Wessex are willing. Oh, are they? Yeah, let's just shed a skin back in the clubhouse. Yeah, we could sort of lean into the whole reptilian thing then, couldn't we? Mm. I, I think this has got legs. I really do. Oh, God. This is going to become something much bigger than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> Either that or we're going to be, you know, someone's going to come for us because they've already thought of this idea and just plagiarised it. We'll see. So you've, you've, you've got your clubhouse slash funeral parlour. The, <laughs> the dining tables slash coffin displays are out. Yep. What food and drink are we going to be serving? Drink's easy. Drink is provided by the Shifty Lizard Brewery, who I yeah. hope listen to this podcast and send us some beer. If you're listening, we would accept and very happily promote your, your products. Um, yeah, so just, that's that on there. Just to add to that, actually, the, the official home address of Pint of Football is in Stafford. So <laughs> if you want to send any uh, to the home office of Pint of Football, just get in touch with the Stafford address. No need to take down the the minor branches at Seven Beach or Western Supermare because it just won't make it. Well, that's it. You've got to send them to the head office. I mean, that makes sense. That's I'll make sure they're distributed. I thought food. And I thought, well, this is... I can't go silly here because football and food is one of them strange things. You see these, these pages on the internet and clubs have come up with these sort of grand um, ideas that look lovely and probably taste nice, but they're not ideal for watching football. You can't eat like a stew watching football or a burger that takes both hands to eat. And then a, a third hand to sort of hold the, the tray with the chips and whatever else comes with it in. And another hand to hold your beer. It's silly. So then I thought, well, I can't do that. We've got to have something more contained and more bite-sized. So then I thought, with Lizard, we'll lean into the Cornish pasty side of thing. And I thought, well, pasties is a little bit done to death, really, isn't it? Everyone's done pasties. So then, for those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a quarter Chinese-Malaysian. So I thought, how can I bring that into um, into into our football in Wessex offering down by the sea, and I couldn't, so I gave up, and we're doing arancini. I don't know if you know what arancini are. They're like, like balls that are fried and they're small, like sort of tennis ball size, and you can have all different things in them. But the point Ooh. is, you can hold you can hold them. Oh, they're lovely! Like traditionally, you either get them with like either like mince, like bolognese inside, but and then the rice, but then they're fried. So they're crunchy on the outside, so you can hold them. Or a lot of the times they have like mushroom and cheese in and stuff like that. If you haven't had that, you need to get yourself some. And that's what I want at football. There we go. Interesting. I can't argue or comment on that because I've only just discovered what it is. But a ball of meat, rice, and veg that you can eat at the football mm. is always going to be a winner with me. You, you can just bite into them, it's all good. Nice. Right then, final question. And Oh, God. In some ways, this is the biggest question, but also it could be the simplest question if you've just got an answer that you wanted to give regardless of any of the rest of the information you've just given. And the final question is, which ex-pro are you signing to lead the line of Lizard FC? Bearing in mind that 
as a Macclesfield fan, I've just been enjoying Guyana, almost 40-year-old international Neil Dans ripping it up in midfield, former Premier League midfielder. Not a household name, but still doing the biz. I think that is a very high standard. Cracking player, really is. Um, and there was a lot to sort of consider when deciding who was going to be my sort of talismanic pro who was going to, you know, inspire people to come and watch to see if this player was was playing, to see, you know, to get photos with him and have the shirts with his name on the back and all things like that. And I thought, you know, who's going to best represent our funeral parlour by the sea, lizard, um, you know, sea aquarium experience? And I was really struggling. So then I thought, which footballer looks most like a reptile? And it is obviously Carlos Tevez. Wow. Also, he's he's only 38, so I think he could definitely do a job at step five in the English pyramid. He might like and being down by the sea. Down by the sea. That is not, like being at home. That is not the most unrealistic thing I could have thought of. Wasn't it Carlos Tevez when he was at Man City when he was frozen out of the team where a Northern Irish non-league team, second or third tier, actually submitted a loan bid to Man City because he wasn't playing? And Man City accepted it, but obviously he was just like, nah, I ain't going there. I'm sure it was Tevez. I need to look this up. It was it was a team called Limavady United. Oh, you, you found it. It was on the Carlos Tevez page when I was looking at him. Yeah. And there is somebody has made a made a mock-up of a of a poster, a game day poster with him. Oh no, they haven't they just put a picture of him in front of it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's even more rubbish. And then next to that, there's a picture of him on the phone as if he's answering a call from his agent of, you know, we've got this move for you. Then they withdrew their offer, apparently. I presume that's because they, uh, they, mm. they, the, the player said he wasn't interested. Oh, there you go. On a, Mancini on a, yeah. rule, rules out Tevez's loan deal. Oh. <laughs> more serious now, I would love to see more of that when players get frozen out. Just oh, yeah. get... If they're refusing to play for the club and they're on 200 grand a week, they should not be in a position to refuse loan moves to obscure clubs. I think you should have to play as well. And look at Roberto Carlos playing for that team. It was up your way, wasn't it, somewhere? Yeah, in Shrewsbury. Yeah, just a pub team in mm -hmm. Shrewsbury. Yeah, I mean, that was a great occasion. Like, obviously, they, they made it so that fans and people couldn't go and watch, but. Afterwards, apparently, he was in the pub, just like WhatsApp video calling Sergio Ramos and people. They were like, have you got Ramos's number? He was like, yeah, sure, with a beer in one hand, <laughs> phoning Ramos in the other. <laughs> Imagine that from the other angle, when Ramos is seen it. Oh, okay, Roberto, I haven't heard from you for a little while. What's happening? And then, oh, God. <laughs> well, I think that's a... Overall, that's a strong start to the, the club challenge. I think you've done well there, Bax. Thank you. Thank you. I did put some thought into it, as you can tell. It's tough because I'm not sure if now that I've heard yours, I feel in a better position because I know what the, the challenge is. 
what's been laid down or if it actually becomes tougher because now I've got to match that level of research and obviously quite well thought out stratagem. <laughs> well, part of it made sense almost, didn't it? It was, I don't know if I've almost convinced, convinced myself. <laughs> Some of it did. Some of it did. Oh, yeah, I've got the bonus question, actually, which may or may not decide it for you, because we are going to eventually put all this out on social media for people to vote on whose club was the best based on the different categories. The bonus question, of course, was what's going to be the club's nickname? And sadly, I think at this juncture, you may well have a very obvious answer. Yeah. It's a bit of a, a low-hanging fruit, this one, isn't it? But I can't have... I, I, part of me thought, do we have something completely random just to confuse the groundhoppers? Like if they were called the postman or something? Mm. Just, just just so no one would understand what it was. Um, yeah, there's nothing, is there? That's a pity. Maybe we could have some kind of a, a specific lizard that could represent us. But I don't know many specific lizards. Is it gecko a lizard? That's quite a nice name. Hmm. I think it is. Or maybe a gecko is a gecko in the family. Yeah. That's cousins with lizards. Who knows? Oh, that's true. That's true. You never know these things and you don't want people to write in. Like, I mean, I've referred to it as reptilian a couple of times as well. Someone's going to write in and say they're not reptiles, aren't they? There's something else. The reptilian yeah. is a great nickname. Go on then. We'll go with that then, shall we? Anyway, if anyone does want to write in, um, it's pantsfootball2015 at gmail.com. If you put the subject as reptilians, then... <laughs> then we'll, we'll definitely sure, read it out. Yeah. We'll be sure to read it out. If not, it'll just go in the junk folder alongside the millions <laughs> of emails I get from people saying, claim your podcast from random weird websites. Oh. I don't want to claim it. <laughs> we're trying our very best to get rid of it never mind claim it yeah so go on then give us the joke I entered a dog at Crufts once usually you're not even allowed to stroke them You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 